ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I was supposed to be in Atlanta this weekend. I had to cancel at the last minute. I mean, not that I ever booked a ticket. I don't know how I was ever going to leave on the 27th. I have so much stuff to do that's still not done. I'm still ordering stuff that I need to take to Ghana, like an extra suitcase for all the stuff that I have. Like there's still packages that are being delivered. I don't know what I was thinking trying to leave on the 27th. I would have left with like half the things that I need. I guess I would have figured it out. I was up till four o'clock this morning repacking my suitcase. I packed when I was in LA and I think because LA doesn't have humidity, I forgot what dressing for summer is like. So now that I'm over here in Maryland with a bunch of humidity in the middle of a heat wave, I'm like, oh, I literally took half the stuff in my suitcase out. I'm like, if it's not cotton, if it's not breathable, if it's not lightweight, then it's not going. I have one sequin dress. I have a sequin dress for a majorly special occasion. I believe like if you bring it, if you buy it, it will come. The occasion, I mean, but everything else, breathable fabric. I got to find a way to be cute and not sweating to death. I'm still running around taking care of like the most basic of things. Like I got my hair trimmed earlier today. Not that I can't get my hair trimmed in Ghana, but like I want my person trimming my hair. I went and bought bras yesterday. Him was like, they ain't got no bras in Ghana. I was like, of course they do. But I want my bras from my brand. I took some stuff to the dry cleaners. I have a dermatologist appointment on the day I leave. I leave that night. So dermatologist appointment in the morning. It's a mess. But it's coming together. And I'm actually excited about going to Ghana. I know the last couple of episodes have been very like, is this girl getting on this plane? Yes. And I'm excited to. I have a friend that's, she's actually currently in Egypt. But she and her family were in Ghana last week. And she was posting all of these pictures where she has two boys. And the kids are over there. And they're being hosted by one of my friends in Ghana, no less. It's a super small world. I don't know how old the boys are. I want to say maybe like 12 and 15, maybe. But they're on a rites of passage trip. So it's 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 her kids and maybe from the pictures I've seen, maybe eight to 10 other young black boys from America who've gone to Ghana, first time for all of them, who are on this rites of passage trip. She's staying at a hotel that I've stayed at previously and she's going to some of my favorite restaurants. She went to my braider. My braider sent me a voicemail. She was like, when are you coming to see me? And I was like, sis, soon. Soon. And she's been taking tons of pictures, tons of video. And seeing Ghana through her eyes reminds me of why I fell in love with the country. And so now I'm very ready to go. I'm having an emotional up and down, which everyone I know who's moved abroad is like all part of the process. Just get on the plane. You won't regret it. Just get on the plane, which I always plan to get on the plane. It was just a matter of whether I'm doing it begrudgingly Because, you know, I've signed up for something and I've invested all this money and I've dismantled so much of my American life. So I feel like I have to. Or am I getting on the plane with enthusiasm? But now I'm back to get on the plane with enthusiasm. I've also decided I'm only taking four suitcases. Like if it don't fit in one of the four suitcases, then it's just not going. I'm not going to the other side of the world with like all this baggage. I'm just not. Literally baggage. I'm just not. I'm in a much better place emotionally, psychologically than I have been Um the last couple of days. One of the reasons, just like I said, I was like, I I had to stop saying bye to people that it was starting to weigh on me. Him is supposed to be coming down next week. I'm preparing myself for another meltdown. That just is what it is. That's part of the process. That goodbye is is just going to be a mess. 
I'm, I'm, I can't prepare for it. I know it's going to be bad. But enough about me. The last couple of episodes have been very me heavy and I'm just kind of tired of talking about myself. There's so much to talk about. Um, but let's start with some good news. John Boyega. We used to call him thick ass John Boyega, but our boo has been in the gym. You know how I feel about John Boyega. If you don't go back some episodes, I love that dude. But John Boyega is on the cover of Men's Health this month. He has three major films coming out. One of them we talked about previously. He's in The Woman King with Viola Davis. He plays the king. I expect nothing else from the Boyega. He's in... I guess I could just look up the name of the film. Shout out to Lola Oganake. She wrote the cover story. I'm looking up the name of the film. I saw the trailer for it. It looks like... Remember the Denzel film? He had a kid who needed a surgery and he took over the hospital to get the kid's surgery taken care of. You know what I'm talking about? But John Boyega is starring in a movie that's something along those lines. I'm looking for it now. It's called Breaking. That's the name of it. I just pulled up the Men's Health article. Okay, so this film comes out on August 26th. It's based on a true story of a Marine veteran whose PTSD leads him to rob a bank. I saw a trailer for it. If you get a chance, just Google Breaking John Boyega. I guess you could do it on YouTube or anywhere, and the trailer will come up. But it looked really, really good. He doesn't look like himself. He kind of looks Denzelish, even though they really don't look anything alike. It's a John Boyega that we've never seen before. There's also The Woman King. We just talked about that. That comes out on September 16th. Boyega says of the project, quote, the fact that I would be able to speak in my father's accent in my native tongue. He's Nigerian by way of the UK. I can't wait for this movie. I'm so excited about it. I feel like I mention it every episode. And then the other film is They Clone Tyrone. Men's Health doesn't list a date for that one. In that one, Boyega plays, and I'm quoting from Men's Health, multiple clones ranging in age from 28 to 78. The film also co-stars Jamie Foxx. I watch anything with John Boyega in it. I just think he's such an amazing actor. And he's like, fine. And did I say this at the beginning? Like he used to be thick, but Boo has been working out. Like he's refined thick. Like he still ain't thin. He's still a man of substantial size, but it's very chiseled now. He is sizable and chiseled, which is, you know, the best of both worlds. If you are a woman who is interested in John Boyega, he did say that he has a tight... Lola did ask, bless Lola for getting the information that the people want to know. He said he wants a, quote, ride or die woman who's curious, quick to laugh, and spontaneous. Lola editorializes. He, he adds, grinning slyly, quote, I like them thick and brown. Yes, John. Yes, yes. We like you, John. John, you are thick and brown, and we like you, too. We like you too. I think I fall into that category. How old is John? Is John over 35? You think I got a shot at John Boyega? I mean, he likes, he's Nigerian. be hanging out in West Africa and whatnot. I'm right there. He's gorgeous. He's a pie. If nothing else, you have to go to men's health to see these pictures. He don't have his abs out. He's got the arms out. He's in the sun. He's a beautiful shade of brown. He cut his hair. I liked him with his cornrows. He had like a little tiny man bun. He was real cute that way. I like him with shorter hair too. I I, honestly, I like all versions of John Boyega if you want to keep it 100. Nice legs too. 
He did not forget leg day. His wide cut up self. Let me stop scrolling this. I'm getting distracted. There's other things we're supposed to talk about. This is our good black news for the week. Because Lord knows this is a bunch of bullshit otherwise. Oh, let's talk about Tyler Perry and Cicely Tyson. I read that Tyler Perry paid Cicely Tyson $1 million for one hour of work. I don't know where this story is coming from or why it's coming up now. I'm Googling it now to see where it came from. Did Tyler Perry write a book or something? I'm reading this on the Griot. It says Tyler Perry did an interview with AARP magazine. And he says that he was one of Cicely Tyson's biggest fans. And he made sure that she knew it by paying her $1 million for a single day of work. For why did I get married? I don't even remember Cicely Tyson and why did I get married? When I think of why did I get married? I think of Tasha Smith, Jill Scott, Janet Jackson. There was another woman. I don't think of Cicely Tyson. I mean, obviously, if he said she was in it, she was in it. I just don't remember her. But Tyler Perry told AARP, quote, I've never said this publicly, but I took care of Miss Tyson. I love the respect that he shows for the last 15 years of her life. She was a proud woman. And the only reason I mentioned this is because she wrote it in her book. This woman had done so many amazing things, but she wasn't well compensated for it. He goes on. She made 6000 for Sounder. Now, I know Sounder was like in the 70s. I know $6,000 then ain't $6,000 now. I don't know what the 2022 equivalent is of $6,000 back then, but whatever it is, I don't think it's enough. And clearly he didn't either because, you know, he paid her a million dollars for a day's work. Perry continues. He says, I wanted to make sure she knew that there were people who valued her. I loved working with her and it makes me feel great that I was in a position to give this incredible woman some security in her latter years. Woo. Now, one of the reasons I think it's important to bring this up is because I was really hard on Tyler Perry for a really long time. I liked the the Why Didn't I Get Married franchise, um, but some of his other films, I was in Tyler's ass for them films. I had a lot of criticism and a lot to say about it. And I had to stop talking bad about Tyler Perry. And I'll tell you why. A couple things happened. Whitney Houston died. She didn't have a lot. She didn't have a lot of money when she passed away. And she died in L.A. and she had to get home. The body had to get home to New Jersey, Newark. And Tyler Perry sent his private jet to take Whitney Houston's body home. Aretha Franklin had a funeral. And that funeral was eight hours. I watched the whole thing. As far as funerals go, amazing funeral. Like, top-rate funeral. But it was long. And the people who showed up there in person, you know, eight hours, that's a whole work day. And you're not even working. You're just sitting there. By the end of Aretha Franklin's funeral, the church was kind of empty. Mostly just family left over. A lot of people had left. Tyler Perry was there. He was in the front row and he sat there the entire time. And I appreciated his respect for this woman, this woman, Aretha Franklin, who's an icon, not even for black culture, of American culture. But he stayed all eight hours out of respect. And I noticed, and it said something to me, not to say the people who left were of low character, but it just says something to me about his respect for this black woman. I don't know if it's black women in general, but this black woman in particular. And I appreciated that. And then the other thing was Tyler Perry Studios. So Tyler Perry had made these films that I didn't particularly enjoy and I had much criticism of. And he amassed this great sum of money and he flipped it into owning his own studio. And I was just so God awfully impressed by that. 
to have the vision to build your own studio, one that is competitive with the with the big boys, with the Hollywood studios, to, to be owned by a black man. And then I remember the opening of the studio when he had the big fancy party and he named the studios after iconic black actors and actresses. And then I was watching Ava DuVernay. She was at the opening and she was giddy like a kid at Disney. She was filming everything. She was in the trolley, I think, going from, I guess, the entrance to whatever studio the big ball was being held at. She was filming everything on her phone, just going back and forth. And it was awe inspiring. And I was like, you know what? I didn't see the vision. I didn't get it. I still don't very much care for the films, but there's a lot of people who enjoy them, including my mom. So after I saw the studio, I was like, oh, okay, let me let me fall back. I backed off. A lot of other people did, too. Remember Tyler Perry slander used to be really, really bad. You ain't heard really much about it. Ever since he opened the studio, a lot of people backed off. It's not just me. And rightfully so, I think. He flipped that money and, and turned it into to something really good for the culture, which I very much respect. And I appreciate what he did for Cicely Tyson. He took care of her real good. There was a span of time when I was in New York, every time I would leave the house, and I'm talking like 2000, I left New York in 2017, but I want to say like 2015, 16, Miss Tyson was well over 90. But like every time I would leave the house for like some fancy-ish, like I didn't see Cicely Tyson up in the club. But every time I would leave the house for like a good ball, a good gala, a good fundraiser with like the fancy blacks, she'd be sitting right up in there, hair laid. I think the last time I saw her, she was at, um, I posted this video and it went viral. I want to say it was 2000, 2018, Susan Taylor had a fundraiser. I wasn't living in New York anymore. I went up for the gala. And Cicely Tyson spoke. She read, what's the Langston Hughes poem? The name of it is not Life Ain't No Crystal Stair, but that's a line in the poem. But she read that earlier in the evening. So everybody knew Cicely Tyson was there because she was honored. And Maxwell was so enamored with the idea that like, oh my God, I'm in the same room with Cicely Tyson. I'm performing for Cicely Tyson. He came off the stage and walked right up to Cicely Tyson's table and started serenading her. And I was sitting at the table behind them, maybe two back. Maxwell wandered himself over to Cicely Tyson and she got up and danced. On beat. Tyson is she's an amazing woman. I still haven't read that book. I bought it because I wanted to support. I bought it because I wanted to support, but I never did read it. That's no bueno. But I remember right before her book came out, I want to say she passed away on a Friday. And Bevy interviewed her on Tuesday or Wednesday. She was in full promo for her book the week that she passed away. Like she she lived this life until the wheels fell off. She made every moment count. Well into her 90s, which I was like, God willing, God willing. What else is on our list? A bunch of depressing shit. I have Tyrese on here. I'm so sick of talking about Tyrese. His young girlfriend left him and he's not dealing well with it. He doesn't deal well with conflict in general. I don't feel like talking about him. Neo. Neo is in the news again. Not for his music. His wife. His wife of eight years. Did I write it down? I must have screenshotted it. Because the story would not... The, the story kept coming up. His wife said that he'd been cheating on her. His wife is Crystal Smith. She posted on Instagram. Quote. Eight years. Eight years of lies and deception. Eight years of unknowingly sharing my life and husband with numerous women. 
who sell their bodies to him unprotected. That sounds like she's talking about sex workers. She continues to say I'm heartbroken and disgusted is an understatement. To ask me to stay and accept it is absolutely insane. The mentality of a narcissist. I will no longer lie to the public or pretend that this is something it isn't. I choose me. I choose my happiness and health and my respect. I gained three beautiful children out of this, but nothing else but wasted years and heartache. She continues, I am not a victim. I'm choosing to stand tall with my head held high. If someone can't love you the way you deserve, then it's up to you to love yourself. With no hate in my heart, I wish him nothing but the best. Signed, Crystal Renee. Oh dear, that's a lot. That's a lot. And Neo liked the post. He came back later and asked for privacy. He came back later and asked for privacy during this time. I'm like, sir, sir, I do not understand why folks marry. And look, I'm, look, this is me saying this. This is me saying this after a divorce. This is me saying this with 2020 clarity. I don't know why folks get married that ain't ready to be married. If what you like to do is, is have sex with sex workers, stands condom, do that. Just stay single. Just stay single. Be honest with the people who are not sex workers that you're having unprotected sex with. Be honest with them about the shit that you're into. Hey, I like to have unprotected sex with sex workers. I like to play Russian roulette with my dick in my life. There are people who'll be like, you know what? Me too. There are people who'll be like, cool, thanks for letting me know. Like maybe we get tested on a regular basis or maybe you and I could use condoms and you know, you do what you do. I think you're dope and I still want to fuck you anyway. There's all types of people into all types of shit. You got to find a person that's into the shit that you like so you could be you honestly without having to lie to somebody else. Now here you are as a married man. I would guess that he wants his wife to be faithful to him. I would guess that he doesn't want his wife having sex with sex workers or, or sex with, with non-sex workers. But here you out here doing this dirt. I don't know how you got caught out there. Crystal said people were sending her stuff. She said, stop sending me. Enough people have sent me. I've seen. I've heard. I know. I'm done. For his part, let's look up Neo's response. Because he really did ask for privacy during this time. And I was like, sir, sir. I mean, he's owed that. But also, just to be clear, this isn't like a blogger or a journalist went and uncovered this information and published it on the internet. Like, your wife did that. We didn't ask to be part of the group chat. Like, your wife put us in the group chat. That's how we found out this information. This was Neo's statement the day after his, uh, his wife posted. He says, quote, for the sake of our children, my family and I will work through our challenges behind closed doors. Personal matters are not meant to be addressed and dissected in public forums. I simply ask that you please respect me and my family's privacy at this time. Again, sir, we did not ask to be part of the group chat. Your wife invited us in. Oh, dear. Apparently, they've had some previous problems. I don't follow Neo and and his wife like that. I read that they had a vow renewal ceremony recently. There have been some other pop-ups in their marriage. I guess they've had like... I guess they've they've had separations or or something like that before. There's been at least some public issues that people were privy to. So when when his wife made this announcement, a lot of people would be like, oh, she's mad today. She she ain't going nowhere. Like, he got money and blah, blah, blah. Um, She did go ahead and file for divorce. She said in the divorce document, she said, uh, 
their union is irretrievably broken with no hope for reconciliation. She's also requesting both child support and alimony. This is according to HollywoodLife.com. She also said that he has fathered a child with another woman. That's per TMZ. Who had access to the divorce filings. So, yeah, it might be best. Um, you know, I love to see people work it out. And I'm reading this story and it says that um, back in 2020, Neo and his wife were, were trying to get a divorce then. And they stuck it out to see if they could work things out. And, and they did for another couple years. Um, but now it seems like it's it's done done. Nobody is, is more pro-marriage than divorced people. I don't wish the process of separation and divorce on anyone. However, if your shit is a mess like this, it's, it's best to go your separate ways. It's actually best to go your separate ways before you start doing shit like this, before the crazy shit happens. Um, people rarely do. They be unhappy and then they get miserable and then they need an outlet and they start doing dumb shit. Um, and then that's when it gets really, really, really messy. In other shitty news, Brittany Griner, she was sentenced earlier today to, um, she was sentenced earlier today to nine years in a penal colony in Russia. We've talked about this story several times. Back in, I believe it was February, Brittany was detained in Russia with, I want to say, was it two ounces of weed in a vape pen? which in America is, you know, considered next to nothing. But in Russia, it's kind of a big deal. I feel like it does need to be stated because some people are like, well, it's not a big deal in America, but but she wasn't in America. When I was reading up on her story, I, I read something else about a young woman who had way more weed than her and ended up being, and ended up serving, I want to say like, was it either four weeks or four months um, in Russian prison and then she was deported back to America. So sentencing Brittany to nine years is extreme. It's politically motivated. It's Russia's way of fucking with the U.S. And I feel really, really bad for her. At the end of July, there was a big news story. Because I remember reading it in the New York Times. And I had to look it up earlier today. Because I was like, this happened, right? Like, why is she still over there? But the Biden administration had agreed to exchange... Brittany and another political prisoner who's being held by Russia, they'd agreed to exchange her for an arms dealer, uh, a Russian arms dealer who is in jail in the U.S. Obviously, a couple ounces of weed or hell, like 20 pounds of weed is not the equivalent of, you know, someone who's a guns runner. I got the feeling he was something like, if you watch Snowfall, Either, I don't know if he's Teddy or he's Avi. I don't know if he worked for the government and was like running guns to fund some Russian war or he's just Avi who just, you know, is running guns just because it's lucrative. Lucrative. I don't know. It's obviously not an even exchange. Um, but as I said on the previous episode, I want that black girl to come home. I, I want her black ass home. It's, it's just that simple. She's an American. She's caught over there on some bullshit. She's an Olympian. But more importantly, She's somebody, she's a black woman. She's some black woman's wife. She's some black woman's daughter. She's, and I want her black ass home. I would want someone to go that hard for me. If God forbid, I got locked up abroad on some shit. 
also read that she's being sentenced to a penal colony. And I had to look up. I was like, what, what the fuck is a penal colony? Like, that's like some Handmaid's Tale type shit. What is a penal colony? I had to go look it up because I didn't know. So Brittany's not going to be just in like regular jail, which if you watch the news for her, for her trial and sentencing, before she was sentenced, they allowed her to make a statement and she said something like, I apologize for, you know, embarrassing my country, embarrassing my team, my family, my wife, like, you know, very, very contrite. But she was saying all this from like a cage. Think back to like, I don't know, like OJ or something, right? Like we all watch a trial on TV. We all watch the OJ trial on TV, right? OJ would come in and he might have his handcuffs on or something. But during the trial, he sat at the table with his lawyers, right? Brittany was in a cage. I was like, was she in a cage the whole time? Like when she was giving testimony or when she was being, what's the word? Um, when she was giving testimony or she was being cross-examined. Why they got that woman in a cage? Like, I get, like, you know, you're in jail. Like, I get, like, taking you from the jail and then taking you into the courtroom. But you in a cage in the courtroom? It's Russia. They different. But she's being sentenced to a penal colony. I had to look up, like, what the fuck is a penal colony? So there was a story in the New York Times. There's also one on UPI. I'm reading this on UPI.com. They note that a Russian penal colony is quite different than a normal correctional facility. UPI says, quote, Russia's penal colonies are descendants of the notorious notorious Soviet area gulags. I had to look that up too, where prisoners have been subjected to harsh treatment and poor conditions. Prisoners in the system have been beaten by other inmates, endured torture, and forced to watch Russian propaganda for hours every day in what's known as, quote, awareness raising. UPI notes that Russia's penal colonies are also known as corrective labor colonies. Most of them are in Siberia. I think the only time I've ever heard of Siberia is to see them big-ass cats, beautiful fluffy cats, and then how cold it is. I used to play 007 when I was in... I used to play 007 on Nintendo 64 when I was in college. And James Bond had a world where he was in Siberia, and all I remember was all the goddamn snow. Oh, in Siberia in Bond movies, all the goddamn snow. So it's cold as fuck. The New York Times once interviewed a high-profile Russian opposition leader. At the time, he was serving nine years in a penal colony. He described it to the New York Times as, quote, You need to imagine something like a Chinese labor camp where everybody marches in a line and where video cameras are hung everywhere. There is a constant control and a culture of snitching. There was another woman in a penal colony. She was a member of the punk band Pussy Riot. She was sentenced to two years in a penal colony. She said there's no hot water, warm clothes, or medicine. She said prisoners there are required to work jobs that often include producing clothes, textiles, and food, performing construction work. Another Pussy Riot band member, she said she had to work 17-hour days at the penal colony. She said that failing to meet work quotas resulted in harsh punishment for prisoners, such as being barred from bathing or using the restroom. She said she once had to ask that her work schedule be cut to 12 hours a day, knowing that she would face punishment for failing to meet her work quota. That's... 
They got to get this woman home. I saw earlier today that Biden had denounced Russia's decision. He said, quote, today, an American citizen, Brittany Griner, this is from WhiteHouse.gov, received a prison sentence that is one more reminder of what the world already knew. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. It's unacceptable. And I call on Russia to release her immediately so she can be with her wife, loved ones, friends, and teammates. My administration will continue to work tirelessly and pursue every possible avenue to bring Brittany home safely as soon as possible. It sounds good. It sounds real good. But get this black woman home. Get this American woman home. Jesus. <laughs> I should have mentioned this earlier when we were talking about dumb shit. The cat man is back. What is this man's name? The cat. Channing. Channing Crowder. This man cannot stay out the news. Bless his heart. He's one of the hosts of the Pivot podcast. There, there, are, there are two other hosts of this podcast. I never hear a word from any of them. Channing makes the news, like, I feel like every week for some shenanigans. Last week, it was Kevin Hart was a guest on the show. And Channing started talking about how he and his wife like to go to a nudist colony once a year. And Kevin Hart had the exact same reaction that I would have to somebody saying that. Like he, he said it like it was real normal. And have, Kevin was like, stop. Do you hear yourself? Channing was like, huh? And Kevin was like, like, what's up? Like, what, like, like you, you and your wife go to this, this nudist colony. He was like, what you there for? Like, like you fucking these people. And he was like, he didn't really give a straight answer on that. He was like, no, like me and my wife, we just like to, you know, go in and be around naked people. He was like, don't everybody like that? And Kevin was like, no, no, I'm not mad at it. I just want to be clear. I'm not mad at it. He and his wife like to be naked around other consensually naked people. Like if that's their thing, that's how they get off. No judgment. He says these things like, like they're like, like everybody likes this shit. Like, no, you and your wife, y'all, y'all into some different shit and that's okay. Also, also, it's okay to be into different shit. You also, you don't have to tell everybody all of these things. I feel bad for his wife sometimes. I'm like, I know she know who she married. But I was like, in telling your tea, sir, telling all your sexual tea, you also telling her tea. Like, is she okay with all this tea being told to the people? Like, that was last week. Before that, there was some time in between this, though. He was talking about how he likes to to lay down and he likes to lay down outside and pretend to be a, a straight cat, a little dirty mangy cat. And then his wife comes and pretends to be an old lady who found the cat. And then he ends up like licking his wife while pretending to be like a, a dirty, strange mangy cat. I was like, sir, these are things that you really can keep to yourself. You and your wife and, and your marriage and your undefiled marriage bed. Like, y'all could do whatever y'all want to do in there. We really don't need to know about it. All we do is laugh at it and use it against you when you say crazy shit. And I probably wouldn't think two ways about this man if my introduction to him had not been calling Russell Wilson, basically saying Russell was a simp and Sierra was only with him for money. I think that's what he said. The common shit people say about Russell Wilson, that he's corny, all that shit. Women every day be like, I want a Russell Wilson. And men be like, he's corny. That's not what women want. How you going to tell women what they want? When men say they want a type of woman, like women be like, oh, okay, that's what you like. John Boyega. I like him thick and brown. I believe his ass. 
But that's not the point either. The point is, Channing Crowder is back in the news once again. This man had the nerve to talk about another man being corny, undesirable, and simp-esque. And this man got on a podcast, his own podcast. This isn't even like somebody caught him on a hot mic or overheard him at a table or he said some or he was a little tipsy on somebody else's podcast and spoke too free and the other person wouldn't edit it afterward. He said this on his own podcast that he has control of. This man said he only washed his ass two to three times a week. You got the nerve to criticize another man and why his wife is with him. And you literally are not washing your ass. We thought you was just playing like you was a dirty cat. Your ass is really dirty out here. The cat part is the role play. The dirt part is no, that's for real. Sir, wash your ass. I'd be goddamn if my husband was getting on a goddamn microphone telling all our sexual business and got the nerve to be talking about he dirty while he do it. Sir, you understand. You will have people looking at your wife like she crazy. You out here telling people that you are somebody's father and somebody's husband. You, it's not like you single and you just be in the house by yourself. You in the house with others. You in the house with a woman that sleeps in the bed with you and you not washing your ass daily? Come on. Come on. And got the nerve to be called another man corny. Sir. Sir. I was starting to like his little goofy ass after the Kevin Hart interview. I was like, you know what? He just crazy. He don't mean no harm. He just out here just being wild. Like he just, he's... He just, you know, he, he a different type of dude. I was willing to let the Russell thing go because I was just like, he just, he's special. He needs more hugs, more love, more something. He just special. And then he jumped out here with this shit. Wash your ass. Can't nobody hug you if you ain't wash your ass. Is he not pooping daily? Because if you're pooping daily, you need to wash your ass daily. You can't just, just poop and not wash your ass. And if you go not wash your ass, you don't go telling people you don't wash your ass. Is he washing his ass to like go film this podcast? Is he like, is he fresh for the podcast? Are they like sitting up in a room smelling fresh? Is he just like for breezing himself? I have so many questions about this. Like, why are you not washing your ass? Last but not least, there have been federal charges filed finally. In the death of Breonna Taylor. She was killed in 2020. I know you remember this story. Black woman. Sleep in her house. You can't, you can't more mind your business than be sleep in your own house. When the police bust in and killed her. They had a search warrant. A no knock warrant. It wasn't her they were looking for. They fired 32 shots into her home. The city settled a $12 million lawsuit with Taylor's family in 2020. Kentucky prosecutors opted not to charge any of the police officers with Taylor's death. There was one officer who was indicted for, quote, wanton endangerment for firing into a neighboring apartment. I want to say he fired into the apartment and, and shot up a wall. No one was injured. No one was killed. But he was indicted for that. But the actual killing of, but the actual killing of Breonna Taylor, like a whole human who is not a wall, who, who was injured and died, killed. Um, no charges for that. So the city settled a $12 million lawsuit with Taylor's family in 2020. And in 2021, the Justice Department launched an investigation 
into allegations of systemic misconduct within the Louisville Police Department. So today, the Justice Department said that members of the Louisville Police Department Place-Based Investigations Unit. This unit was supposed to be formed to reduce violence in a high-crime area. Um, but the Justice Department says that this unit falsified the affidavit that was used to obtain the search warrant of Taylor's home. They said to get the search warrant, the officers made false statements, omitted facts, and relied on stale information. And they said after Taylor was killed, the officers conspired to cover up their actions. Attorney General Merrick Garland. He was supposed to be nominated for the Supreme Court. There was a Supreme Court justice, I think, that died while Obama was in office. The Senate, Mitch McConnell essentially, wouldn't let Obama nominate someone else because there wasn't enough time left. He said the next president, not Obama, would would be able to nominate a Supreme Court justice, but Obama didn't have enough time yet. Meanwhile, Trump was on his way out when RBG died, and they fast-forwarded that. But Merrick Garland was supposed to be who Obama would have nominated, so he would have been a Supreme Court justice. Biden made him the AG. But he said that the Louisville Police Department violated federal civil rights laws. Um, So the first indictment charges one of the detectives charges one of the detectives and a current sergeant with federal civil rights and obstruction offenses for preparing and approving a false search warrant affidavit. There's a second indictment that charges one of the detectives with civil rights offenses for firing his service weapon into Taylor's home through a covered window and covered glass door. There's also another detective they're charging with, with conspiracy to falsify the search warrant and cover up the act and cover up their actions Afterward, Tamika Palmer, Breonna Taylor's mother, she said, quote, they said it couldn't and wouldn't be done, but they didn't know I could and would stand for 874 days. That's the number of days that have passed since Breonna Taylor's death. I'm reading this on Vox.com, by the way. Vox notes that police are rarely prosecuted for shooting civilians while on the job. So the Justice Department's decision to charge the officers is uncommon. The Justice Department making these moves all these years later is is great. Until these officers are in jail, I'm not impressed with anything and I don't find justice in it. We've just seen too many times like people are indicted and then it never goes anywhere. I have a little more faith in the Justice Department than I do in, in state courts. Not that much. And even in best case scenario, like even with George Floyd, where, you know, the cop ended up going to jail, the cop who kneeled on his neck ended up, you know, going to jail and being sentenced. Um, it doesn't bring the life back um, and it doesn't stop it from happening again. Um, Breonna Taylor is not the first and last woman to, to die unnecessarily by police hands. George Floyd is not the first or the last. I would guess there's probably at least 100 black men that have been killed by police since George Floyd back in 2020. Easily. Easily. My mother used to have this thing when I was a kid, when I would do something, I would apologize for it and try to make amends. And she would say, don't be sorry, just don't do it. Police officers being indicted, being prosecuted for the murders of black people. I mean, some might see that as progress. I would see it as progress if if black people stopped being murdered by police. That's progress to me. Punishing them is good. Not killing them in the first place is great. 
I hope I don't sound cynical. I just, I'm just not very impressed. I'm sorry. Even if these people are, even if each of these officers were sentenced to a hundred years, a hundred years with no parole, um, that doesn't bring Brianna Taylor, that doesn't bring Brianna Taylor back to life. That doesn't soothe her mother. That doesn't soothe her fiance. That doesn't restore all the possibilities and potential that she had to give to the world that was cut short. So, yeah. I hate to end the podcast on such a sour note, but that's just what it is today. I will talk to you again next week. I'm moving to Ghana. (laughs) God willing. Got to throw that part in there. God willing next week. So as of right now, I don't know if we're going to have full episodes next week. And I got a few more goodbyes to say, which are going to wreck me. I will do my best to get you episodes next week. Um, but if I don't, please understand I'm doing the best with my life. Um, and we'll be back on the regular schedule once I get settled in Ghana. Okay? That's not everything. But that's what it is. We'll talk again on Tuesday. Okay. Bye.